your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Please shout out to the Salvo. Please show your hands together for your host, Gavin Esposito. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Guys, thank you so much for coming out to the UCB on a Tuesday night. Let's hear it for you, audience. Oh, I always start too high. I actually am a, I'm trying to figure out how to do... I need to start lower in a lower... Because I was... And then, and then I, I get to my deep uh, woman's voice. Get up here. I don't actually know where you're going. Oh, there's a chair over there. What if you were just getting... What if you were just going through that door because you're like, I've had enough! But then you got trapped backstage and then you just came out. Just did a set. <laughs> that would be cool. Did you just get here or did you go to the bathroom? Bathroom. Thank you for coming back. I know. No, I'm not stressed about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you for... Thank you for being here. Round of applause for that lady. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You did everything right. I am so excited that you guys are here uh, tonight because we had a big week this week. Many of you know that this show right now, we record it, we put it out as a podcast. It's a first-of-its-kind weekly stand-up podcast because we're trying to make it like a show. It's as if you could be here if you can't be here. And let's say you can be here you can also still listen to the podcast because we put in like interviews and stuff with different comics. My point is, I'm a like a pretty I'm a genius person. I'm a, a smart <laughs> person, uh, and and my co-producer Ryan McMenamin from uh, Special Thing Records <laughs> does an amazing job of editing the show, and we pitched it to UCB together. And, and this week we had a cool thing because uh, this week at one for like an hour and a half. In the middle of the night, we were number 10 on iTunes in the comedy podcast section. That's a huge deal. There's like a bazillion, a bazillion of those. Um, and I guess what I want to say first up top, because I keep forgetting to do this, is if you like the show, please tell your friends about the show. A lot of you guys have rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And also keep doing that. Like, please tweet at us. Let us know what you think. And we're so happy that you're into it. And uh, all your listenership matters. It means we keep getting to do this show. It means we get to ask bigger names and be like, guys, there's a huge listenership, so you probably want to come here. I'm trying to get Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. She did respond to me. I was like, Roseanne, you want to come to that show? And she was like, where is it? And I was like, it's at the UCB Theater. And then she was like, what is that? And I was like, it's a theater. And, and, and then I lost her. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. She, I, I thought I knew her arc. I thought I knew what her arc would be, but I just... I should have been like, it's a campsite outside of a congressman's office. <laughs> and she would have been here farming nuts. <laughs> Do you know, I, I'm going to be really honest with you guys, uh, because I feel like you're, you know, you're a supportive crowd, and look at all your smiling faces. I am currently, as I am speaking to you, having a panic attack. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. Not at all. Uh, this, is, this is how deep my like, emotional distance is. But this is how much my background program of, uh, of realness is masked by many jean jackets. <laughs> I'm smiling like a motherfucker. 
but if I pass out, do try and revive me. <laughs> I've just been feeling a little bit depressed this week. I guess a lot depressed. And then I just uh, yelled at two of my friends, and uh, now we're doing a show. And this is just humanity, guys. This is just me being honest with you about myself. So I've been trying to cheer myself up. Um, I, got a, I got a day job, a, a part-time day job, because I, I, I haven't had one of those in years. Although I like, am really good at giving myself fake things to do. I don't know if anybody here hasn't had a day job for a while, but you can come up with like lists upon lists of like, first I'll go get this type of vegetarian sausage, then I'll go get this type of vegetarian sausage. Join the gym, you know, like whatever it is. Like just like, make sure you are up to, just it's, I've been, so I want, I want a little more structure in my life. Uh, so I took a part-time a nanny job because also kids are charming and they'll make you feel like, oh, the only thing that matters is breathing and not shitting yourself. You know what I mean? If you spend time with kids, you're just like, I'm fine because we got to take care of you. You know, we get, get really into it. I used to be a nanny for a super long time, and I love my nanny kid. We were super good homeboys. Uh, also, just a round of applause for the fact that I, that parents trust me with their children. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy right here just showing up like, throw that kid on my motorcycle. <laughs> We're gonna go learn some stuff yeah. about sci-fi movies. <laughs> Actually, one, my, my ex-nanny kid, she was so cool, first of all, so cool. We're still very good friends. She's almost six. <laughs> During part of the time that I was nannying for her, she, uh, she was going to Catholic school, so she started to learn about Jesus. I think if you... Like, if you're a kid and suddenly it's introduced into your world that, like, this one guy came back from the dead, that's super confusing. She would be like, smash a bug, come back! You know, I'd be like, no, it happened just that one time to that one guy, and honestly, it's pretty widely debated, so... I wouldn't shoot for it, you know? <laughs> wouldn't plan on it. She also, so she would go up to kids at, at the playground. She was obsessed with death. She would go... She'd go to kids at the playground. She'd go, your parents are totally going to die someday. And I'd go, she's right. And then we'd high-five, pow! One time I was putting her down for a nap, and she looked up at me and she said, uh, Cameron... Monkeys aren't going to carry me away in my sleep, right? I was like, oh, crap, we got to stop watching The Jungle Book and start watching Seven. No, hear me out. I don't, want a kid, I don't want a kid I raise to have an irrational and unhelpful fear of imaginary cartoon monkeys. I want a kid I raise to have a very appropriate fear of single, white, straight, 40-something men. That's who's gonna carry away in the night. It's Kevin Spacey-looking motherfuckers. That's who it is. That's who it is. I've been trying to cheer myself up other ways this week. I watched uh, some John Hughes movies, which was amazing. It was like the first time since I, since I was in high school that I watched those movies. Who has seen a John Hughes movie in like the last year? Anybody clap if you've... 
It's very different. I found it very different as an adult to go back and watch those movies. Because when, when you're a teenager, you're just living it. When you're, like, 31 and you watch a John Hughes movie, you realize that, like, those movies, there's an adult man behind the camera just being like, uh, touch her boobs again and make her feel strange. She's a young woman. Just 15, so... Make her understand what that feels and action. Like, that guy shaved that day. Do you know what I mean? He's a man. And then he went to a set and was like, hold the underwear up higher, please. Higher? Higher, please. Okay, now in this next scene, you're going to seem conflicted about getting your period. Like, how did he know? How was he on tap with all that? I don't... guy's a genius. I think the final thing that really cheered me up a lot this this week. Uh, I saw a guy walking down the street. He was wearing a grave digger hat. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? A grave digger hat? That's a monster truck, a particularly famous one called the Grave Digger. I have been to his house. Not the house of the guy who rides him, but Grave Digger actually has a house in North Carolina. You can just go to, it's called Grave Digger's Dungeon or something like that. Go there. But my point is, I was thinking about, I went to a monster truck rally one time and Gravedigger was there and uh, this is how the rally started. This is like how you know you're in the best place in the world. The rally started because uh, um, like they went like, ladies and gentlemen, Gravedigger! And then a giant monster truck drove out into the arena but whoever, and there were pyrotechnics going off, but whoever set up the pyrotechnics, they put them too close together, like for a regular truck to drive through the middle. So when Gravedigger rolled out, he, uh, he just knocked over all these fireworks, and it fell against the side of the arena, and the arena caught on fire. Here's what's amazing. Nobody in the entire arena moved. Everybody's like, oh, fit good. This is what we paid for. We were maybe going to die. I brought my kids you know like it's it's awesome what an awesome sport there was a later part of this same show where because uh, it's a tour they tour around the country the same show they go uh, coming with us on tour we have the only of its kind in a world it is a car just a regular car that a man died and left his estate to in hopes of attaching a jet engine to that car. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this car. And then the car drives out, but only for like a... They, they're basically pushing it. And the announcer goes, we haven't figured out how to actually make this work yet, but I want you to know we are keeping his dream alive. Like somebody out there, some maniac was like, oh, my entire fortune to go to something that has never been physically worked out keep it alive <laughs> I also hope in the deep recesses of my heart uh, that they don't actually have scientists working on that <laughs> like I just I, what, I, what I really want is that there's like a high school shop class that their whole, like, they either pass or fail based on whether or not they can weld a jet engine to, like, a Honda CRV. Just like, if it stays on, you get an A. 
Those are the same kids who are going to grow up, go to college, and make a very realistic eagle baby snatching video. <laughs> Couple people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's fine. Do your research. Do your research, audience. I, I gave you the, the, the reading was assigned. So if you don't know about the eagle uh, baby snatching video, uh, it's on you. Guys, we had a great show tonight. Are you ready for more comedy jokes? This first comic, he is in from New York. He just, last week, taped his uh, Comedy Central half hour, and we're so happy to have him on the show tonight. Let's hear from Mr. Mike Lawrence, guys. Give it up for Mike. Get up for your host, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, she's right. I, I live in New York, and uh, my favorite part of New York is Times Square. Uh, people shit on all the time. They're like, that's not the real New York, which is true. The real New York is just watching an Indian guy yell at an Asian guy in Spanish while the Star Wars cantina music plays in the background. <laughs> and that is terrifying. And Times Square is way friendlier, you know? And my favorite part of Times Square is the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. Yeah, that's what you get when you date me. Uh, I went there recently and uh, with a girl. I was on a date. And when you, when you go to the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company, they ask you questions about the movie Forrest Gump. The question they asked me was, who plays Forrest Gump in the movie Forrest Gump? I responded as follows. Tom Hanks plays Forrest Gump. McKelly Williamson plays Bubba. Garrison plays Lieutenant Dan. Sidefield plays Mama Gump. Robert Bridges' drum right time plays Jenny. Haley Joel Osment's first screen role plays Little Forrest Jr. The film was nominated for a record 13 Oscars at that time, getting six of them, including Best Picture, being out of Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Sense, Sensibility, and Quiz Show, and got Tom Hanks' second Best Actor Oscar in a row. I did a movie Philadelphia, proving that retards are as powerful as AIDS victims. <laughs> the waiter just stared at me and went, the answer is Tom Hanks. <laughs> My question to you guys is, at which point in the date that I was on did the girl leave? Guess what? She was never there. <laughs> Shyamalan! <laughs> Do you guys think M. Night Shyamalan got into making movies after he fucked a tranny and was like, this is how I want to make people feel all the time? Man, I love you, man. You're like my spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's like the 151st Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> how did you get a girl, and why am I dying alone? Two questions the world will never answer. <laughs> so I do love movies, and one one of my favorite movies is Beauty and the Beast. Oh wait, that's why I'm not getting a girl. Okay. <laughs> I love, I love Beauty and the Beast, first movie to be nominated for Best Picture that was animated in 1991. Uh, now, there is a scene at the end of Beauty and the Beast where there's a character named Chip. He is a little teacup with a crack in his forehead. You remember Chip, right? Yeah. Now, why is it at the end of the movie when everyone becomes human again, he's not a boy with a gaping hole in his face? <laughs> That's how Beauty and the Beast should have ended, with a child just going, Make it stop! It hurts so fucking much! And then just some dude being like, hey, do you want me to put him out of his misery? And the mom just goes, be our guest!
that some of you are opposed to kids having gaping holes in their faces. They also deserve love. Okay. <laughs> I'm Mickey Rourke in this set. I'll lose you so I could try to find you again. Ram jam. <laughs> I, um, I, I do love wrestling. Uh, I, am, uh, I, I, I watched the, the Hulk Hogan sex tape. That's, that's a thing I did. <laughs> it's, it's the up montage for Juggalos. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, my favorite thing in the Hulk Hogan sex tape is he spends about a minute trying to open the condom wrapper because he's just like all of us. And the entire time I'm thinking to myself, man, I bet Hulk Hogan wishes condom wrappers were made out of yellow t-shirts. <laughs> it's, it's okay if you didn't get that joke. It just means you have no real connection with your father. That's all. It's okay. Papa... I, uh, I have dad issues. You, you know you have dad issues when you watch the movie Finding Nemo every day, but you turn off 10 minutes before the end when they reunite because that's not how real life fucking works. <laughs> it's not good. I have mom issues, too. My mom was a stand-up comedian, uh, which is weird because uh, it's got to be hard for her to see one of her mistakes making one of her mistakes. <laughs> But I will, I will share with you the, the, my favorite moment in comedy. This is the moment that made me want to be a comedian forever. I was at an open mic in Florida. And if you don't know what comedy open mic is, it's a lot like Alcoholics Anonymous, but no one ever betters themselves. Uh, by, by the way, dude, how fucking thirsty are you that you're just carrying this around? You never know, man. Dehydration claims three people in downtown Los Angeles every... And, and it's the... Oh, God. And you also have a girl? Fucking Christ, what the hell is going on? I feel like I'm performing for a message board. God, damn it. Look, this fits my persona more than it does yours. Anybody want some Darth water, huh? Luke, I am your water. Oh, fucking Christ. Uh. So... What I'm saying is you also related to the dad issues bit. Good. Um, but yeah, it was my favorite moment in comedy. Uh, I saw this guy go up, and uh, he, he told a joke, and this was a joke he told. He goes, you want to know the definition of the word hormones? When I hit my wife, the hormones. Now, now, I didn't say it was my favorite joke in comedy, because clearly I'm not Chris Brown. Uh... But it was my favorite moment in comedy because immediately after he said that, another guy stood up and yelled, Hey, man, you stole my joke. <laughs> Converted forever. I'll leave you with this. Uh, what if I just jumped through the curtain and screamed, Avenge me! You guys be like, man, the Hamburglar had a pretty fun set till he lost it at the end. Uh, I, um, I do like doing comedy clubs, and they, they do comment cards there. People can tell you how they feel about you. And one time someone wrote on one of them, my favorite comedian of the night was the ginger beard man. <laughs> Which I was okay with, because it's the first nickname I've been given that doesn't rhyme with agate or etard. <laughs> so by the way, etard sounds like a dating website run by Make-A-Wish. Uh, but... <laughs> 
But Gingerbeard Man, that's a, that's a cool nickname. I like that. Because Gingerbeard Man just sounds like a horrifying fairy tale that hipsters pass on to their children. Run, minorities, as fast as you can. I'll gentrify you. I'm the Gingerbeard Man. I'm all organic and also vegan. I haven't been happy since Pinkerton. Thanks, guys. Let's hear from Mike one more time. Oh man, guys, how are you? How are you? How's everybody feeling? I didn't even look at you earlier, and now I oh, that's the water. It's big. I get it. Got big water. Now I get it because I missed the big water before, but I see it now. That's cool. Did you go for a run today? Yeah. Did you? Did seriously? No. Oh. <laughs> I went for a little bit of a run today. Yeah, I did. Made it like two or three blocks. Two or three blocks. My fancy, uh, I hope to, I, because of this stupid side mullet, which I love, but also is not ideal for working out. I have to work out looking like, like the hippest Rambo. Also, all of my workout clothes are pink because they don't make any other clothes for women besides pink workout clothes. I don't know why that is, but they, are, they think we want to be real pretty and we want to have our hair down when we run a marathon. But we don't. Uh, what's, your fastest, uh, what's, your, what's your fastest mile time? Five flat? You look like a five flat kind of a guy? I don't know what I'm talking about. What's your breaststroke split? Like a 50? If you're going to do... Like a 50 of, like an Olympic pool, actually. If you're just going to do like a full 100, what do you think your split is? If you're, let's say you're going to, like a 400 relay, and you are the anchor leg. How many rebounds this quarter? I don't know. I'm naming lots of sports stuff, and I feel like at any moment you could be like, 12, but it feels like you don't, not any sports, huh? Football, all right, uh, you know, free, sta- free safety, strong safety, you know what I mean? Okay, huh? Okay, you know, uh, uh, kick return, am I right? I am naming sports things. Did you play in high school? No, just you're just aware of football? <laughs> Are you wearing, like, a football jersey? What are you wearing under there? Oh, Raiders. You're a big Raiders fan. Well, so is... <laughs> you guys, honestly, who cares? What are you talking about? Did someone just boo? You know you're adults, right? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who cares? It's all to sell Doritos tacos. You don't matter, and neither do they. I mean, it's fun to watch, but boo? Who cares? I think one of my favorite things I've ever seen in terms of sports... And I, I like I, I'm, I'm happy you have a team you can pour your love into. I just, I think booing is really funny. I, I the Chicago Blackhawks won uh, the National Hockey Championship, and then that, that. But I'll say this: the Blackhawks, you're upset about who? Fuck, why do you care? You're even a girl. See, I can say stuff. As a female comic, that's even offensive. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks stadium, stadium is in a tough Chicago neighborhood. 
So the moment that the Blackhawks won, everybody in the city put on all of their hockey gear and then ran to Wrigley Field, which is where the Cubs play. And there was a riot at Wrigley Field. Like, that's how much people that are really into sports are, are you guys okay? Like, you're not even in the right place. You didn't go to the right place because there's black people there. Just go there. They ran to the, they ran to Wrigley Field. Yeah! Okay. We're gonna keep it rolling. Uh, this next comic, she is, she's currently on, uh, on, on Best Week Ever. That's a thing that is cool for her. I'm stoked for her. And then also she runs a great show on Monday nights uh, in Los Feliz, which is just around the corner uh, at the public house. So come step, stop by that sometimes. Guys, let's hear right now for J.C. Coakley. Give it up for J.C. Come on! She just goes, yes, outfits! Outfits. We look exactly the same, but not. I was like, we look the same. She was like, no, we don't, and walked away from me. I was like, you're right. Nope, you're right. Denim on denim on adorable's my thing. Denim on denim on adorable. We don't have much time. We've got to cover stuff. I'm glad I got that out of the way. I was really waiting to do that, but I think it's a really good thing that you have a water jug filled with uh, that. Um, here's the deal. I'm not a huge uh, uh, person. I'm not a huge person. Uh, for those of you uh, listening, I'm not a huge person. Uh, I'm a normal-sized human being. But I, uh, I don't normally watch a lot of TV. I'm not a huge TV fan, but lately I've been watching like a ton of TV just because I'm trying to pass the time to wait for St. Patrick's Day because I cannot wait for that green beer. Woo! Woo! We all went to college. That's our day to shine. Um, I was watching a show on TLC, the Learning Channel. TLC, Learning Channel, TLC, the channel, not the band with the dead girl in the sidewards haircut. Okay, we all know the difference now. TLC has a show on there called Abby and Brittany. Has anyone seen that show? Okay, cool. I'm going to educate. Uh, this show is called Abby and Brittany. It's about two-headed sisters that share the same body. I'm going to say it again. There's a show on television about two-headed sisters that share the same body, two sets of hearts, two sets of lungs, one vagina, which poses a question, who's going to sleep with them? The answer is everyone. <laughs> Everyone that can and will, because that's amazing. That's awesome. The show is brilliant. They're incredibly positive. Okay, they're incredibly positive considering the situation. Okay, Abby controls the left side. Brittany controls the right side. And you control the remote so you don't freak the fuck out. Because that will happen to everyone that's watching it. And the beauty of the show, why even watch it? This seems kind of intense for me, JC. Here's why you need to watch it. Because the show is just them uh, walking around town doing normal things with a camera crew and then people behind the camera crew going, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Sign a release? Yeah, I'll sign a release, absolutely. I'll sign three releases. That's the devil's work. <laughs> is your show called the devil's work? Because that's what that is. Am I going to be the guy that says, what the fuck? Or is there, oh, there's more of us? Okay, cool. I was going to put it on my IMDb page right under Sons of Anarchy Extra. <laughs> no, Sons of Anarchy Extra sure was. This denim on denim don't make itself. What? <laughs> I thought, why can I keep watching this show? Could it get any better? I saw a couple episodes. I get the gist of it. Yeah, you know what? You should watch the whole season. Here's why. Episode four, you find out they drive. What? They what? They drive. Could you imagine being the police officer that's new to town and doesn't know about that? 
They dry, you're just rolling around, doing your rounds, catching your quota. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, excuse me, license and register. No, no, not. A, I have an erection. I can't explain that. You are free to go. And if I were them, forget graduating high school, forget getting a real job. Here's what I would do. I would move out to Los Angeles, California. I'd become a taxi cab driver and I'd tell no one about it. My hours would be between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. <laughs> and it'd be on Hollywood Boulevard in Cherokee. That's my only spot. <laughs> so when any stumbling girl's like, I got another bar, taxi, and they get in and the girls just go, come play with us. <laughs> That's how we eliminate the masses. I love that show. It was so great. I was watching it all day because uh, I was moving. I moved all of my things uh, into public storage, uh, the place for champions. <laughs> I, uh, I'm an adult now, so I want to find an adult place. I didn't want to just jump right into another apartment that has, like, crappy windows, one fork, four plates, and then, oh, also the police helicopter. You can have that whenever you want. That comes on a, on a reg. So I moved my things into public storage, and when I walked in, I was like, this is a shit show, I don't want to do this, but I had to do it, and I walked in, and the guy that was checking me in had sunglasses on, there were no windows, and it wasn't bright. I was like, oh, somebody's too cool for public storage. <laughs> and then I dropped my license behind the desk. He heard it, but didn't pick it up, and I was like, whoa, somebody is blind. <laughs> and checking people into public storage. <laughs> There's a blind man giving people, hope you find your stuff. Good, good luck with that. Oh, this isn't, oh, this giant tin's not yours? Don't worry, we have thousands of these. Let's keep going. Is that weird? I don't know, I didn't hire him. The weird thing was that, not necessarily that he was a blind man, the fact that he was so nice, he was so sweet, and I was like, just give me the keys, let me just do this whole thing. It was a 94 degree day. I didn't want to deal with the whole situation. He goes, uh, let me walk you around the facilities. Okay, uh, real quick, did you guys get a sauna or some kind of uh, pool? Because I know how this shit goes. And he was like, no, you need to walk around the facilities. You need to know how storage works. I said, first of all, I know how storage works. What I do is I get my car. Uh, I throw everything onto a dolly. Uh, I take the dolly to the elevator. Whatever falls off fucking stays on the ground. <laughs> it's finders keepers. This is, I don't care anymore. I get into the elevator. I press four, and the entire way up in the elevator, I go, I can't believe I'm fucking having to put my shit in storage again. That's how public storage goes. I don't need somebody to tell me how it works. And he goes, I need to walk around the facilities anyway. And that's cool. As we start to walk, he goes, really sweet. What brings you back to us? Okay. Are you just asking me that or is that? He goes, no, that's policy. We ask everybody that. I go, has anybody given you a positive answer? Because that strikes me as a kind of question that's going to open up a lot of fury. <laughs> I go, I, I find it very hard to believe that anyone's like, what brings me back here? Let me tell you, I married a millionaire. Okay, this is crazy. And he was like, babe, put your things in storage. We'll go to Morocco. We'll marry, we'll buy diamonds. We'll come back, we'll get it. And he was deadpan. He goes, I was just trying to be nice. And I was like, well, be nice to somebody else. I'm going through a hard time, blind guy. <laughs> you know what it's like. <laughs> No, we got a lot great. I found out that I have uh, shit from 2010. I did storage in 2010, left things, and never came back for them. And they kept them. What? He goes, you still have stuff here from 2010. And I went, shut the fuck up. What do I have? He opens another storage unit, plates, 
and a ton of teddy bears. I shit you, teddy bears, like the kind, remember lady with the net? We had a net and we we're like, I'm gonna put all my teddies here. With that net that hang right next to your JTT poster. That's all my teddies. I go, you had an active email. You couldn't email me? Hey, I have your teddy bears. I was looking for that shit for three years. How do I know you didn't jizz on that? He goes, I cannot say we did not. I have to get out of here. Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Guys, one more time for JC. All right, we are gonna get we're gonna get the energy up uh, in here. I mean, it's, you guys are great, but I can tell you're still a little bit. You feel sleepy. I can tell it, was, it rained today. I understand what's going on for you guys. It's a weird Los Angeles day. Some of you are leaning forward. Some of you are leaning back. There's a lot of leaning, and and you guys are on the fence. You got people wore the glasses. They couldn't even put their contacts in. They're exhausted. I understand. It's a, it's Tuesday. Everybody feels strange. Everybody's hair's frozen up. There's uh, water on the road. At least one inch. Uh, I saw one inch of water in at least one gutter on the way here. So it's tough to live in Los Angeles on days like that with that kind of weather impeding our, you know, our safety, security, sense of well-being. But I will tell you, uh, one of my favorite things in the whole world are moments of miscommunication. Like, I love them. Uh, this, is, this is my favorite one of all time. I used to be on this party planning committee when I lived in Chicago. We're all seated at this like conference table. Everybody's going around this this conversation, yelling out what they think this party needs. And I I go, hey, I think this party needs whack-a-mole. And I'll stand by that. That's how I like to party. I want to hit animatronic moles on the head with a mallet. Sure, pizza could be delivered. Let's get crazy. But I said, I think this party needs whack-a-mole. Another lady on the committee, she goes, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I believe it's pronounced guacamole <laughs> oh yes yes I love that lady that's the best lady just look at it from her perspective for a moment like in her mind I'm a 30 year old woman who's been going into Chipotle's for years just like oh guacamole's extra <laughs> But how much are jalapenos? And nobody's ever said a goddamn word until right now. And she's like, the buck stops with me! Like a hero throwing herself in front of the bus of my mistake. No! Never again on my watch! I just said, a thank you. You may be correct. Couldn't shame her out of that beautiful dream she had. <laughs> I wanted her to go to sleep that night just, oh, I'm a hero. You know, I just wanted her to, I wanted that to be the last thing. Let you know, I did, I saved a life, okay. <laughs> Guys, this next comic, he is in town from Denver, and I'm so happy he's here tonight. He runs a great show in Denver called The Grolics, and uh, let's hear it right now from Mr. Andrew Orbital. Guys, give it up for Andrew. Come on! Terrific. Let's have a round of applause for Cameron Esposito, your host. Sweet. Cameron has easily the coolest hair in comedy. Easily. It's like not even a competition. Far away podcast listeners, you're missing out. It's, no, I'm being sincere. That's awesome. 
Like any haircut that would look completely appropriate if like a trained falcon landed on your forearm with like a human eyeball in its beak. I'm being 100% sincere is fucking awesome. You have succeeded with your hairstyle. It's awesome. Podcast listeners at home, my hair looks like I just took off a greasy baseball cap because I did. I'm completely unqualified to comment on anyone's hair. So, sweet hair. On my flight, uh, coming out here, the woman sitting next to me was reading a book on her little iPad thing. So I was also reading her book on her iPad. Because that's how I'll read on a plane. Like, even if I bring my own shit, if you're reading next to me, that's what I want to read. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I'll just hold up my shit and just, like, look at yours. Like, what? So I'm reading it over her shoulder, and I'm like, this is the worst book I've ever read over anybody's shoulder. Like, this is horrible. And my first guess was, she must have, like, a kid who's in high school, and she's, like, proofreading their assignment. That was my first guess. I was like, oh, cool mom. That's nice of her. And then I kept reading, and I was like, no, there's, like, some adult situations in here. I don't think, I don't think a kid wrote this. I think an adult wrote this. I think this is her novel. This is her own shitty book that she reads on planes, which is weird in and of itself. And then I looked up, and I saw the title, and I was wrong about both. I was totally wrong. It's a real book and a really popular book called Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was like, no! This is that book that everyone is reading? This, like, horrible, horrible, like, ninth grade, like, erotica fiction book? It's so shitty. But I want to share the passage with you that blew my mind open right there on the plane and actually made me make a noise. (laughs) Which is the number one rule of Eve's reading, no noises. Don't make any noises. I'm like, "Uh." (coughs) no, I was choking on a pretzel. I wasn't... I wasn't reading that. So horrible. So here's the passage. Forgive me if I don't give, get like every single word exactly right and butcher the majestic prose. This is pretty much exactly how it goes. (laughs) I can't do it without laughing. (laughs) His voice was warm and husky like dark chocolate melted fudge caramel. (laughs) Or something. Or something? You're the fucking author. That's part of your job writing a book is to make those hard calls. Like, what does a voice sound like? Yeah, it sounds like dessert, kind of. What else does it sound like? I don't know. I don't know. I wish the rest of the book would have been written in that same style. Like, he lived in a house, more an apartment, I'm not really sure. My imagination isn't that strong. You guys will figure it out. It's like a partially filled out Mad Libs turned into a novel. Partially filled out by 11-year-old boys. Boobs. (laughs) It's horrible. Horrible. You want to experience something cool? Front row? Here, grab a hold of this. Grab a hole, let go. That's all I gotta do? That easy? People are always reluctant, like I'm gonna whip him up on stage with like my freakishly strong left arm. Now you're part of the show! That's what it feels like to shake hands with a life-size Lego person. Perfect replica Lego hand. They're not all for the podcast. Some of you have no fucking idea what's going on right now. Like, what happened? Does he have a Lego hand? (laughs) Was he in some sort of Lego man costume? You'll never know. (laughs) 
I've always wondered, like, if I got in some gruesome accident and I lost, like, my form, if I could just get, like, a mic stand. I do a shitload of comedy. I really don't need a left hand for anything. <laughs> just, like, holding a microphone, like, torches, swords, you know, the usual shit that I would need. <laughs> Pretty specific Lego joke for two people, but it was worth it for you two. You two. <laughs> Uh, I had a shitty uh, 2012. I got divorced at the very end of last year. Not at like the very... It wasn't like her New Year's resolution or something. Like, <laughs> I resolved to not be married to you anymore. Like, oh, that'd be horrible. That'd be like the cruelest way possible to ever <laughs> divorce someone. Is <laughs> like a shitty New Year's resolution. Um, but there's like no really good reason why I got divorced. Like, I wish I had like a great reason, but there really isn't a great reason. And I can't believe the bullshit that falls out of my mouth when I tell people about it. I actually told my friend this is a reason for my divorce the other day. This actually came out of my mouth. I was like, well, you know what? Turns out we're just two different people. <laughs> is that a reason for getting divorced, being two different people? <laughs> two physically distinct people? <laughs> like we were two people in one giant person suit. And she's like, you know what? I just can't live this lie anymore. And she like unzipped it and jumped out. I'm like, come on, baby, get back in the giant person suit. I think we were fooling people. <laughs> I'm just walking around in the big floppy open person suit, getting it snagged on shit. People often want to know how my ex and I met. It's not a very interesting story. I bought her and her friend shots. They declined them. So I drank all three, Mr. Romantic over here. But have you ever heard your grandma or like any really old woman talk about how she ended up with the guy that she ended up with? Because by our standards today, those stories are terrifying. Those are like stalker stories by our standards. <laughs> She's like, well, I told him no thank you. I told him I'm very flattered, but I'm just not interested. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. He came to my work after we were closed. He cut the glass. He was just watching me in the dark. He brought me flowers. It was very romantic. What? I was already seeing someone. I already had a steady. And your grandpa beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and then he just watched me from his car for a month. He cut my phone line. I had no one to talk to. So yeah, I went bowling with him and we got married two weeks later. What? <laughs> grandma, you can still leave. Why would I leave? We're soulmates. So creepy. I'm gonna get out of you guys. Thank you so much for letting me drop in. I didn't know that's what I was going for, but has anybody ever said your thesis statement? And you're like, yeah. (laughs) You know what's a great thesis statement that's out in pop culture right now? Is uh, the, I don't even know what this song is called. I'm gonna guess it's about, I'm gonna guess it's some iteration of Girl Fire. Something like that. Uh, But the beginning of that song uh, goes, uh, She's just a girl and she's on fire. Which is the best intro for any song wherein the entire rest of the song just goes, That girl is on fire! 
I believe I've proven my point. Hey, that, girl's on, that girl is on fire. She's, she's just a girl. She's on fire. Like, how often do we really get that purity in the opening line of a song? She is just a girl, and she is on fire. That girl's on fire, you know? Not a lot of urgency for what they're describing, though, honestly. Not a ton of urgency. You feel like they'd be, cut the song short, get the fuck over there, you know? I loved Andrew when he was talking about reading over somebody's shoulder on the plane. That made me think of, uh, has anybody here actually read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Has anybody read that? (laughs) Thank you for your audible no. I will mark that down in your category of, uh, yes. Uh, Really nobody? Literally nobody? Okay, that's cool. I like that about you guys. My girlfriend and I were just like, you know what would be the funniest thing for two lesbians to do together right before bed? Read Fifty Shades of Grey on a Kindle, you know? That Kindle's on fire. I just thought of that. I can't believe nobody's doing that. Is anybody doing that? Did I steal that or did I just come up with that? Does anybody work for Kindle? What the fuck? That is so easy. Buy that song. (laughs) Fifty Shades of Grey is the most pedestrian novel that like just tore women apart and charts and 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 suburban ladies in marriages also city folk on buses and trains just really feeling like they needed to get get it to get the first 40 pages of that book are about uh, whether or not a woman is going to sign a contract <laughs> i just want you to know that it's a sexual contract but it's still like Oh my God, can we get this fucking contract negotiation? <laughs> Let's get to the slapping, you know? And then they just... We had to put it down. It was so... It was... It just reminded me that it must be really hard to be straight. <laughs> Not culturally. Like, you guys have it fucking made culturally. Uh, you know, and you should be arrogant about that. You know... Hold your shoulders high. We're, we, you know, we rule the world, and we can make smaller versions of ourselves, and you should feel good about that. But, man, it must be exhausting to try and have sex with each other. <laughs> I bet it is, because like if it's if you're a woman, you're with another woman, you just go like, all right, all right, now do that to me. You know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> and now I'll do it to you, and then me. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You get industrious really quick. You're like, you're slapping immediately. You know what I mean? No contracts required. So. I'm sorry that that's like, you know, really raucous and stuff for you guys. But I do, leave, I do read Savage Love, so I know there is hope. You know, I know there's like, I know there are some, some straight folks that are that past the contractual negotiation. And I'm happy for them. This next comic, I'm so glad he could come by tonight because this is a huge week for him. He's got a book release party uh, this Thursday at, the, at this very theater, the UCB Theater. It is for his book called Crap Kingdom. And I'm going to tell you more about that after you see him perform. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. D.C. Pearson. Give it up for D.C. <laughs> Put your hands together. Show. 
You can say the name of the show and it helps with the show. I love it. I am a comedian, but I currently have zero material. None. It's gone. All of it. So you guys are just going to see a man do whatever. I hope that's okay. Hope you don't get enough of just guys doing whatever they want in your life. You what you do? Well, goodbye. Um, taking it on, taking on the fucking patriarchy. That's what I'll do when I don't have material. Just right at the patriarchy, right at their neck, doing it. Here's what I want to do. This is a podcast, but um, I could suck, right? And I don't want to suck. That would be bad because I still want to be on the podcast because I need attention. So what I want to do is I want to have a chunk of the set that they could. Hey Jordan, how's it going? That they could cut it down to, if if it, if 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 need be, right? They could cut it down to just this chunk, and everybody be like, "Oh, cool! Here's the effect I want to create." You know how sometimes there'll be like I feel like Dane Cook was like this when he first came out. Like he just came out of nowhere and he had like a million fans. And it was like, "Where did this guy come from?" But he already had like legions of fans, and he'd just come out of nowhere, just organically he'd like built this whole movement so what i want to do is i want to seem like one of those comedians even though i have not earned it when you listen to the podcast i want you to be able to think that i am one of those comedians so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to say a catchphrase that i made up while i was standing over there and then you guys are going to be like my whole legion of like pearson heads and you guys are just going to like i want you when i say that catchphrase to like laugh uproariously like i said at the end of a story like get her done or you might be a redneck or whatever like laugh the biggest laugh you've done tonight like twice as big as any laugh that's ever been heard in this theater and then I want that to decay into an applause break applause break applause break <laughs> clearly I want it to sound like you guys are all on your feet at a point and then that decays into laughter because maybe I like did something that they that the audience can't see you know what I mean like maybe I was like oh come on like fake humility you know what I mean you guys ready alright here we go here we go here's my catchphrase and away we bro <laughs> We just did it. All right, here's another thing I want to do real quick, because this is a podcast. Thank you, by the way. That was awesome. Uh, that was way beyond all expectations. But then that also proves that you can do that, so why aren't you doing that all the time? There's so many great comics on the show. At any rate, thank you for doing that. Uh, I, this is a podcast, but it doesn't feel li enough like a podcast for me. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I've been on a lot of podcasts. I know how they work. I've been on a lot of Los Angeles podcasts, a lot of comedy podcasts. I know what a real podcast is like. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take the mic. I'm going to hand it to and every... I want it to go down just the guys. We'll hand it to each of the guys. You guys will introduce yourselves by your first name, okay, as we go along. Okay, so just say, like, like we're on a podcast, like you're a host of the podcast. Just like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Just your first name. Hey, I'm Trevin. Seth. Hey, I'm Ted. I'm Mark. I'm George. Jordan. James. I'm Connor. Okay, now let's all say stuff that's sexist. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> what it takes to make a podcast. Nine dudes and then be like, what do you guys think about girls? I don't know. seems like chick stuff. Cool. Observant. Uh... Cameron was talking about uh, nannying. I used to nanny briefly. I lived in I lived in New York, and uh, I uh, like I said that like that's required. I lived in New York. You guys know it is on the, the mean nannying streets of New York. That's what most of Scorsese's early movies are about. But uh, why am I holding the mic like that? It's apparently a thing that I do now. Um, and uh, I 
my my best nannying story is a small one. The first day I ever I ever babysat for this kid that I babysat for like three years. He was like a six year old. He was really small and like sweet, nice kid, really artistic. The first day we got there, he's like, "Do you want to draw?" I was like, "Sure." So we start drawing stuff, and he's really quiet. And he pipes up after like an hour of just drawing in silence. He's like, "Who's your favorite rock and roll singer?" And I was a pretentious college college douchebag who was trying to impress a six year old. So without missing a beat, I go, "Elvis Costello." <laughs> And then I was like, who's your favorite rock and roll singer? Expecting him to say, like, I don't know, Raffi or some shit. Or the one of the Wiggles, you know? Steve from Blue's Clues. And I'm like, who's your favorite rock and roll singer? And he's like, without missing a beat, he's just like, David Bowie. (laughs) And he hops down off the stool that he's on, and he toddles over, and he pulls out this giant sleeve of CDs. And in the sleeve of CDs, he has every David Bowie album ever. And then he pops on Hunky Dory, and we fucking rock out. It was the best. It was so cool, but I just, I, I just wonder, like, what does a kid get out of David Bowie? It's so weird in 70s and British, and there's space, and there's, there's mysticism, you know what I mean? Like, when a kid, when a six-year-old listens to David Bowie, because he clearly loved it, is it just like, who's your most favorite Pokemon? You know, <laughs> you're about to get squirtled again. You must catch them all. Um, that's, <laughs> that's Pokemon David Bowie. You guys can check that out. That's going to be on uh, the Smithsonian Channel starting. It's not. The Smithsonian Channel is a real thing, though. I just saw a billboard for it today uh, for a show called L.A. Frock Stars, which is good that they're calling it L.A. Frock Stars so it doesn't get, get confused with the other frock stars. I was going to have a... I was going to tell a Gary Busey story, but I don't think I have time. Sorry. You guys will just have to come see my... Billy Crystal style one man Broadway show. And then Gary Busey said this. I don't know. That's my Billy Crystal for some reason. Um, will I tell? Uh, no, I, it's 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 too it's too long. I've, I've I've run out of time already. That's a bummer. Um, but I was glad we got to do a podcast together. That was pretty exciting. Um, and let's see. Okay, I'll just tell a really quick like a scene from that same because I worked on a country music uh, award show like three years ago. And, uh, and I, I, we shot this video that had Taylor Swift and Shania Twain in it. It was like a sketch video that I wrote. And um, so we're on set, and like they, they have to fire guns at a point because it's like this Thelma and Louise parody. And so it's like Taylor Swift and Shania Twain, they both have huge entourages, tons of bodyguards and whatever. And then this just like stunt guy from Nashville comes up with the guns. He's like, all right, I need these two ladies, points to Shania Twain and Taylor Swift. He's like, to come with me over that hill like alone and then Taylor Swift's like old British male manager who used to manage like Iron Maiden and shit was like uh 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 go with him Rodney and then this like giant bodyguard like follows them to make sure the stunt guy doesn't try anything and then the guy the British guy just looks at me and he's the British Taylor Swift's British manager just looks at me like and he just kind of gets this demonish glint in his eye and he just goes you like that bodyguard and I'm like yeah he's alright and he's like I poached him off Miley (laughs) I'll see you guys later bye Um, this is so we're recording now, and Sweet. I just wanted to chat to you a little bit. You have sure. your book coming out. Yes. Is it coming out this week? That's it why it's coming the... out this week. It's coming out March seventh, which I guess is today. Oh, theoretically, if we're listening shit. to it, right? Yeah, it yes. is. Yes. Okay. Great. It is. Um, congratulations on that. Thank you. That's a huge deal. When Thank did you finish it? How long have you been? I finished it like two this? years ago, I think. I think. Yeah, I finished it like early two thousand. I finished the first draft of it like early two thousand eleven, and I. And then it sold that year. So it's, it's been like two years. And this is your second book. Yes. And 
you you are balance. You're one of the few people that I actually know that are balancing many different types of performing and also writing. I mean, there's just not that many people that are. A lot of people are singularly focused. Like, LA, I think, is a little bit more diverse. People have right. like they're right. trying for commercials or right. they're, they're writing sketches and stuff like that. But to be writing novels, yes, and then also doing stand-up <laughs> and then also doing improv, right? How do you how do you stay focused? Um, well, it's really hard. I guess is the first thing, but but um, I mean, I haven't. It would it. I typically only have, like, one thing that I'm, like, really super-duper focused on at a time. So, like, when I was writing this book, um, it was, like, the it was like winter of, like, 2000, late 2010, early 2011, and there's, like, nothing going on in L.A. So I was just, like, in yeah. my house. My roommate was gone. It's really rainy. And so I could just, like, sit and, like, write and, like, really bang out this, like, first draft of this book. And obviously I edited it right. heavily afterward and then and many more times since. And then... Again, once it, it, it got, like, uh, picked up, but I feel like, um, yeah, typically it's, like, easier because I have, like, one thing that's, like, my main thing. for So for, like, the past, like, year and a half, my writing partners and I, my screenwriting partners and I have been working on adapting my first book into a screenplay. Oh. So we, we did, like... We and did, your screenwriting partners are... People, people from my comedy group, Derek. Uh, Dan and, and Maggie are their names. They're the okay. director and producer cool. uh, from, from Derek. Um... And uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of, like, my main focus. So I wasn't, like, working on, like, a fiction thing on the side I as love well. that your answer is just what my mom told me, which is, like, one thing at a time, Cameron. <laughs> one thing at a time. Right. Well, and just I kind of have thing. to, like, and because and, and right now I'm in the middle of this, like, promotional whatever um, blitz. Because, as you mentioned on stage, I'm trying really hard to get, like, people to pre-order it and whatever. Um and so I have a lot of different things and a lot of different ideas for stuff to do. So I've executed a bunch of those ideas, but then I have like even more things that I would have liked to do with yeah. given infinite time. Sure. Um, and my girlfriend has just been reminding me like you can only do yeah. the you can only do the thing that's in front of you. Like, and I do think yes. that that there is this impression that we get from from culture now and from society and a little bit from like technology culture and stuff like that that we should be able to like multitask well, a lot also, more than I we mean, really are capable of. it does walk this way with oh, yeah, me. Totally. It does um there is a benefit, an inherent benefit to hustling, you know, and so sure. and I don't mean like like stealing from I mean like right. working your shit out. Right. So I guess it works and I can't wait to see you on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm going to go bring up the <laughs> Yeah, one more time for DC Pearson. DC is an amazing performer, and he's also an awesome writer, so I hope that you will go to crapkingdom.com, and I hope you'll buy his book. He's trying to be, uh, I think he's trying for like a New York Times best-selling author. If you get a certain number of pre-orders, you can actually do that. Why the fuck would we not make that happen for him? Look at his hair. He has long, beautiful locks and hilarious jokes coming out of his face. He wrote a thing that Shania Twain was in. What? He also briefly mentioned David Bowie. And listen, I don't know your lives, but I also know that earlier you didn't know about that hoax video with the eagle and the baby. So I feel like I should let you know about something. There's a new David Bowie album coming out, and currently there's a video on the internet. You can watch David Bowie and Tilda Swinton in the same video. Like, he actually just was like, who is... Beautiful. Oh, me. 
And then he cast his other self. Like, <laughs> they're not even a yin and a yang. It's just like two yangs. Like, that's the same. There's a cookie cutter that got stuck on awesome faces. Haunting alien heads. I love Tilda Swinton. She's beautiful. I would meet her anywhere just to talk. <laughs> but this is another great thing. So you're like, Cameron, how are we going to find this video? You could, you could look it up. You could Google it. You could look on YouTube. But here's how I would suggest you find it. I suggest you go on Twitter. And uh, I suggest you look up Iman's Twitter handle. It's just so that you can see that Iman, supermodel Iman, tweeted out into the universe that her husband, David Bowie, and Tilda Swinton were in a music video together. I love that because it shows that David Bowie's still like a little teeny bit insecure. You know what I mean? Like he's like, honey, have you sent out the tweet yet? You know, like I just like love that she gave him that push. I love it. I love it. I love it. Guys, we got two final comics left and both of them are amazing. Can we do it? I feel like there's a couple people that are, their hands are, are still uh, like in lower places on their bodies and chairs. Yes, that guy's my guy right there. Up top claps. That's what I'm talking about, sir. Well, I'm so glad that this next comic could be here. She, she used to live in LA, but then she got a writing job on uh, Totally Biased, which is W. Kamau Bell's show on FX. So she's back in town for like a month. I, when I knew she was going to come, I immediately booked her because I love her so much. Let's hear it, ladies and gentlemen, for Aparna Nancherla. Give it up for Aparna. Come on! Hi, guys. Hey, give it up for yourselves. Yeah, you deserve it. You earned it. Uh... I want to, before I forget, I, uh, I was Googling the name of this show earlier because I'm on the internet. I'm pretty uh, with it. Um, and I, <laughs> the first result you get when you put, in, put your hands together is actually a video from the Center for Disease Control <laughs> about the importance of hand washing. <laughs> so I just want to plug that. Um, pretty much my best work on Google thus far. I feel. I also want to just let you guys know off the top, I, uh, I did help my mother pick out her first sports bra ever recently. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty unstoppable. I just want to take the pressure off you guys. I've, I've peaked already in life. Uh, speaking of ladies' issues, I am a woman. Spoiler alert. Uh... But I realize sometimes when you walk by yourself alone at night as a woman, it automatically feels like the beginning of a Law & Order SBU episode. <laughs> Pre-crime, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I realized I could take some of the power back if I was like, who would be the celebrity guest star in my episode? <laughs> Like, would it be like a comeback, like a Chad Lowe or a Kirstie Alley? Nothing but respect for those two. Or would it be more of a crossover, like a Jillian Michaels or an Emeril Lagasse? 
Regardless, it's just like a fun way to distract yourself uh, from the paralyzing fear <laughs> of perhaps being another statistic. So feel free to use that. Uh, I also used an ATM recently, and at the end of the transaction, it was like, thank you for banking with Chase. And I was like, thank you for calling what I do banking, Chase. It's really just a lot of pounding the glass and going, why, at my balance. But that's cool. We can be adults about it. I did have a successful transaction, though. I used a vending machine earlier this week. Hold your applause. Uh, not only did it give me my snack, it gave me all my money back. Yeah. So I was like, I guess we're dating now. You just fulfilled all my needs. <laughs> and you're not too bad on the eyes, either. A little something for everyone. I, I do have a close relationship with food. For example, I think any pizza can be a personal one if you cry while you eat it. Uh, sorry to go political. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, also, heads up to my friends, I've been calling pizza yoga for months now. So, that is my sacred circle. I, uh, I, I have been, you know, I've been having some success in the comedy game, but I actually, I only got into comedy to pursue my real dream, which is doing temporary administrative support in an office. Uh... Stand-up just pays the bills and drink tickets. But uh, I, re I had a year-long temp assignment at one point, and when I left that job, they had me train my permanent replacement, which I just found really odd. Like, why would you have your least invested employee educate your hopes and dreams for the future? Like, as a temp, your credo is pretty much no benefits, no regrets. <laughs> like, that's how you live and die. So it was unavoidable when my boss was like, show Megan how to use the fax machine. I was just like, uh, well, what I usually do is I throw toner in my eyes. <laughs> and I make it look like an accident. <laughs> and then I just keep pressing nine until someone tells me to go home. really easy. You'll get the hang of it. When's lunch? <laughs> I've been on lunch since they hired me. <laughs> You're funny, Megan. That's your real name. Change it. Change it. <laughs> anyway, if you have any other questions, I have to do what I do every day at 2 o'clock, which is uh, put white out all over my face, crash a board meeting full of suits, and go, race, let's talk about it. <laughs> I came here to make a difference. <laughs> I validate my own parking. Uh, 
speaking of work, you guys, I was thinking about that argument recently of whether the mom should stay home and raise the kid and the dad should work or the dad should stay home and raise the kid and the mom should work. Pretty divisive stuff. Sorry to take it there. <laughs> but I think we're losing sight of the bigger picture, which is that the mom and dad should both stay at home and the baby should work. <laughs> I sense some skepticism, but if you think about it, the first thing you learn as an infant is basic labor skills. What is that first Fisher Price toy you get when you're little? It's just button, lever, mirror. Button, lever, mirror. And one person got it. Button, lever, mirror, keys. Button, lever, mirror, keys. In case you're wondering what the mirror is for, that's for my first existential crisis. When you're just like, am I my work or is my work me? Oh, good, I still exist. Keys of celebration. And the baby just wipes his forehead off in relief with his foot. Babies are pretty talented. Uh, I'll leave you guys real quick with this. I realize sometimes I come up here and I come off a bit innocent, and some of you are like, boy, she sure has a lot of opinions considering what she looks like. And uh, it's fine. I totally get that. But I just want to assure you I've experienced my share of real life. Like I've had orange juice after brushing my teeth. I get it. <laughs> I get what you're going through. This is how I earned my street cred. I was hanging out in an alley, just something I do for fun, and I saw a trash can thrown out in a garbage bag. Sure, I'll repeat that. Trash can thrown out in a garbage bag. And I was just like, oh, the student has become the master. All right. All right, thanks, guys. That's it for me. Thanks. So you, how long have you been writing on Totally Biased now? How many months? I have been writing on Totally Biased for, let's see, I started in October, mm. so that would make it six months, but then we took December off, so five months. And it's your first writing job. Or, as sorry, we, four months. God, it's math is really, math math is really, really tough. Your first well, that's job not a math job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, did, it's my first writing job. Do you know uh, Kamal? I know him sort of just from like I think we met at a festival, but not well. Yeah, yeah, not before this job. No, that's awesome. Yeah, but how does it feel? How does it feel to be it's writing? Really surreal to be like I get paid to write a television show. Like I still am not over that part, but it's also just like going to work and like riffing is like mm. part of your job, which is really yeah. strange. Um, but I definitely feel like I've gotten more like reading in, into reading the news and because it's like we you guys are pretty, pretty topical yeah right? pretty topical so i've seen sketch like snippets from the show yeah and it, it looks great i mean it's fun it's like very left-wing very like social justice oriented so it's kind of fun to be like representing the underdog yeah you guys really are like the <laughs> yeah you're, yeah you're the accessible bill maher yeah. Is what you are? yeah yeah guys a part i give it up for it one more time we have one comic, and I am going to keep it right on rolling for him. He just released an album that is called uh, Nate Craig Infinity, because that's his name, not the, the other part. Um, 
But also, we're really lucky to have him. He's about to go on a theater tour with Bill Burr, so we've got him here tonight, and that's really awesome. Let's hear it for Mr. Nate Craig, guys. Give it up for Nate. Keep it going for Cameron, everybody. Keep it going for Cameron. Keep it going for the show. What a great show, huh? Cameron Esposito, spelled C-A-M apostrophe R-O-N, in my mind. She's a lesbian R&B singer. That's what you've been watching all night. Lesbian R&B. That's what that is. Uh, okay. <laughs> Felt better to me. Um, um, you guys good? How are you doing? You. Yeah, nice seat. Uh, my name's Nate. That was abrupt. How you doing, buddy? Good. Cool. Um, I got in trouble with autocorrect. That's always wacky, right? Madness ensues. <laughs> I texted a woman. I said, I want to do filthy things to your body until your alarm clock goes off. <laughs> but my phone changed it to, have you seen Skyfall yet? <laughs> but I didn't see that. So then she texted me back, I have. And I was, got really excited. I thought she was like, yes, I have an alarm clock. I have a body, and I'm going to be economical with my words so that you can understand exactly how excited I am about taking part in some of this hot filth that you're suggesting. So I texted back, I hope you don't bruise easily. And then she texted back, what? Which is when I realized the original autocorrection. And I texted her back, Oh, um, never mind, my phone messed up. And she was like, that's okay, my phone messed up too. And I was like, well, what were you trying to say? And she was like, well, what were you trying to say? And then we were in this autocorrect standoff. And I was like, I was just trying to see if you wanted to hang out tonight. And she was like, where? And I was like, in your asshole. And she was like, oh, good. I thought you were trying to get me to go see the James Bond movie. I heard it wasn't very good. And I was like, no, no. I want to get filthy with you tonight. And my phone changed that to, we make a good couple. She texts back, whoa. So I just took a picture of my balls, sent it to her. My phone added the caption, I respect you through my weakness. And changed the photograph to a picture of me and my mom at SeaWorld. <laughs> me and my mom have never been to SeaWorld. So I just turned my phone off, threw it in a bowl of rice. <laughs> Took that shit back to T-Mobile. Right quick. <laughs> Turns out being a dirtbag is covered by my warranty. Good. That's a good fizzle at the end of that one. Um... <laughs> Still coming up with a better fizzle for the end of that one, but uh, I got good news. I do not have AIDS. Um, I, got <laughs> I got tested uh, last week, and uh, going to the clinic is never always fun. It's always never fun. It's never always never fun. Somewhere in there is the truth. Um, but I got a nurse who had way too much fun with the questionnaire that he gave me. He was a 45-year-old black man, and he had a lot of fun <laughs> with the questionnaire. He was asking me before the test. He was like, have you had sex in the last calendar year? I said, yes. He said, okay, playa. 
I'm, swear to God, people think that I'm lying about this story. Everything that I say, God said. He said, okay, play it. He said, uh, when was the last time you had unprotected sex? I said, this morning. He said, you good, play it. <laughs> he, said, he said, you have unprotected sex all the time? I was like, no, but sometimes. He's like, that's all right, dog. I don't think it is. I think that's why I'm here. He said, have you used intravenous drugs or had sex with a man in the last calendar year? I said, no. He said, that's good, dog. <laughs> he said, have you had anal sex or oral sex in the last calendar year? I said, yes. He said, which one? I said, both. He said, you know you got to flip them upside down. Sometimes play it. <laughs> I thought he was going to high-five me. I thought he was going to, like, I thought he was going to give me dap of some sort. Like, I was like, this guy's ridiculous. This is hilarious. And then I remembered where the fuck I was. And I was like, do you need to chill that shit out right now? Let's not jinx anything. You might have to tell me I have AIDS in 20 minutes. Stop it. Like, I fucked a burlesque dancer with a tattoo of a gun on her body. Stop it. I can't have Nurse Leroy doing head spins in the examination room. <laughs> the universe already hates my decisions. Is that the guy they have telling people they got STDs? The guy, the guy that can't monitor his enthusiasm? <laughs> Seems like the wrong choice. Okay, play a listen, dog. Uh, okay, first of all, you too good, play a... Uh, <laughs> uh, I got good news and I got bad news. Uh, the bad news is you got AIDS. <laughs> the good news is you got game I wish I had, play a... <laughs> but as a medical professional, I advise that you use... Uh, said game no longer for the sake of the species, dog. And I will take any phone numbers you don't need anymore, player. <laughs> Nothing from the last 12 calendar months. You, were you the athlete, superstar, every sport, played it all? And by that I mean none of them? Is that what that was? That's cool. You didn't play any sports growing up? Not one? Not a one? Fuck, you think you're better than me? <laughs> What'd you play? You're an athletic-looking dude. You look like you were a fucking all-state wrestling champion then grew a beard out and started making sweaters. <laughs> Nothing? Didn't play anything? My man, bail me out. What'd you play? Nice, motherfucker. <laughs> Remember at the end of the game? Good game, good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. Remember the kid that would walk through the line? You suck, eat shit. You suck, eat shit. You suck. That was, that was you? <laughs> it wasn't me. That was not the child that I was. It is, however, the man that I've become. So <laughs> I guess we're on the same team. I, I kind of feel like you kids were ahead of, you were ahead of your time. Like you had seen things, you know? Those kids, they had lived a life. They had seen things they couldn't unsee. They had been to the DMV. They had had a roommate that loaded the dishwasher like some sort of domesticated anarchist. <laughs> Silverware on the top rack? How would that ever make sense to you? How would that ever in your life make sense to you? There's a thing for silverware on the bottom rack. It, it only fits so... It doesn't fit plates. Are you sprinkling silverware into the dishwasher? You suck. Eat shit. You suck. Is that you? Do you put silverware and just throw it in there any old fucking way because life doesn't matter to you? <laughs> There's order, okay? There's a system. <laughs> you need to follow the system. 
Uh, no, we don't. Um, the good news about life <laughs> is that as you become a worse person, you will become a better driver. <laughs> and you're probably going to become a worse person, especially if you do a lot of driving. I don't know if you become a better driver as you become a worse person or if you become a worse person as you become a better driver, but it's one of the two. It's like a which came first, the chicken or the hatred that you have in your heart for your fellow man. <laughs> Bottom line is you're getting places faster. And I'm fine with that. I like aggressive drivers. That's who I want, driving cars. Makes me feel like we're getting places. I need people with hate in their hearts and a couple cups of coffee in them behind the wheels of automobiles. You know when we don't get anywhere? When everybody's okay with shit. I like hate in the eyes of the people across from me. Get through this yellow light, asshole. There's four of us back here. Move. We need this. I don't mind road rage. I think road rage is... Some species eat each other. We don't. We just roll our windows up and scream hateful shit at each other. That's fine. That's totally fine. Worst kind of driver is a nice driver. Like my mom, she's, she's, so, she's a beautiful woman, and therefore she gets nowhere. She's of so safe. She's dangerous. Everything's a threat. Her head is on a swivel. She'll shut down ten city blocks in one fucking intersection. She will pump the brake and the gas, and she's every, if she sees a school bus, she's got to pull over. she sees an ambulance, she's got to go home and start over again. <laughs> if she runs a yellow light, she's got to go back a light to tag up. Huh? Baseball. Work. All right. Which is the exact... I treat yellow lights like they're going to turn green again. Thank you, guys. Thanks for supporting this show, and thanks for coming out. Okay, Nate. Let's chat for a second. Okay. okay. You are about to go... On a theater tour with Bill Burr? That's what you were saying to me before your set. Yeah, it's just Have you the, done that before? No, this is the first time, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, what, how many? Uh, six cities, or uh, four cities, six shows, and, uh, you know, and then we're done. That's kind of cool. Let's move this way a little bit. Yeah, it should be cool. Um, you know, it's nice because I just uh, put out the new album, and hopefully yeah. I'll be able to... You can pitch it a little bit. You can some sell it. Yeah. Do you know Bill? Have you guys worked together a lot? I worked with him in uh, at the Improv in Brea. Mm. And then, um, and uh, that was cool. I also think it actually feels like a really... Hey, can you guys go right on the... Hey, uh, Meryl? Meryl? Can you guys go over there? Can we... Just, no, it's okay. We're just, we're just finishing up a little bit of an interview. I'm so sorry. I'm going to kick you guys out of just this area for a second. Um, nice. Bring the hammer down. Yeah, dude. And well, don't we're getting that this off. done. Don't yeah, no, off. it's. I want, <laughs> I want the people to hear you bringing the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to go on the road with somebody that. I mean, I'm assuming that you think Bill is I'm a, big a rad fan. dude. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and a yeah. good comic. It's crazy to go and open for somebody for multiple dates and like actually get the experience of watching them do multiple shows in a row yeah. and then also. Have them watch that from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got to, I got to go just on a little teeny, like mini couple of dates with uh, with Maria Bamford, and like at the time, she was just. Mm-hmm. I mean, she still is. She's like my favorite comic, and yeah. I was just like losing my Mine mind too. just watching her do this, do even the same set, like the little teeny details that she changes and stuff. Yeah, well, what's, I mean, those are two very similar comics, and that they're yeah. just fantastic professionals. They're very meticulous. They work very hard, and yeah. they have. A, it's all. It's they have a. You know, the result has been they have 
a very um, specific and enthusiastic and smart fan base. Yeah, so. dedicated fans that come and bring like presents. People bring her presents. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, and and they should because yeah, she's should. fantastic. And uh, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, since we got the dates originally, then the, I mean, he's adding shows because he can't. You know, people can't buy enough tickets. Yeah, that's great. So it's cool. Where are the Where are the cities? Madison, Milwaukee, Grand Rapids for Laugh Fest, and then nice. Detroit. Let's hear it for Nate. Keep it going for everybody you saw on the show. You can find us at PYHT Show on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes. Guys, I'm Cameron Esposito. Please come back and see us again. Have a great rest of your week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Well, can you do me a favor really quickly? And you don't have to use your names if you don't want to, but if you want to introduce yourselves and just talk about... Like why? Why are we? Well, I'll say this. I'm talking to you guys because you see a ton of uh, right. comedy right. in Los Angeles. I know you're Doug Love. Yeah, as much fans. as possible. Yeah. yeah, as much as possible. Um, and you went to Bang Bang as well. Yeah, we for, were occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. as much as we could. Okay, as much as you could. I'm Jordan Anderson. Awesome. And I'm Leslie. Awesome. Um, and you guys have been at every. I'm gonna. I feel like we need to move this way. <laughs> Um, we're gonna just do this thing. Uh, I feel like you guys have been at every Put Your Hands Together. Is that true? I missed last week, but she was there oh, last yeah, week. You I were was on vacation. Yeah. What the but fuck everyone, are you doing? I know, baseball, spring training. <laughs> I have to miss occasionally. Are you serious? I, I'm not playing baseball. No, but, but I, I mean, miss. you follow, you go to spring training stuff? Yeah. I once saw Michael Jordan play for the White Sox. Oh, that's ridiculous. How do you feel about that? That's looked, it's blowing my he mind right absurd now. absurd in oh my his God. Uh, outfit because... Um, he doesn't belong in it. No, he doesn't. Right. Actually, that's everybody. Everybody right. looks like a baseball body. Yeah. And then like that tall string man, he looks right, hilarious. Exactly. So what makes you come out to see live comedy in Los Angeles? Well, we actually live in Ventura, so it's a track. You're kidding me. It's a track. Yeah, it's like so, an hour, but, hour and a half. Right. So uh, it's just, uh, it, it feels right. It feels, it's like something that's part of us. And we, we've been dating for almost three years now. And yeah, just, we discovered this together. This right. It, it, together. it kind of brought us together. And oh it's, my it's, God. it's part of our relationship. And it's, like and it's part of us. Ritual. Yeah. Too. I mean, yeah, yeah. so it's every it's every Tuesday night. Every single Tuesday. You guys come, come here. All the way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long is the drive? It depends on traffic, but yeah. an hour and a half, two hours, depending. Oh, maybe close an hour. What do you think that it does for? What does it do for you guys? You said it's a part of your relationship. Yeah, I mean, we have our little fights before and after, but it all of us, like we. Well, I have those too. Right, exactly. Who does it? We laugh together, and yeah. it just brings us together. Uh, I look at her, and she's laughing, and she looks at me, and I'm laughing, and we're on the same page. Hey. 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.